I spent the first three hours of this morning uh, with Warren Buffett, uh, courtesy of CNBC and uh, Betsy Quick making a trip over to Japan to speak to Warren. If you haven't seen this, take some time to find it on YouTube through the CNBC channel. But what I wanted to do was take some time and share my takeaways from the, the interview and Hopefully, you can learn from it. This is not financial advice, so we aren't going to go through that rigmarole. The first thing that I thought that really struck me that Warren said was that about moral hazard and the banking community. He said it is wrong that the banks screw things up, and he referenced directly to uh, 2007, 8, and 9, and then they walk away. No one gets their pension taken away. No one gets their fortune uh, diminished. They, they walk away with all their stock and, and their stock options. He made the statement, and I think this is so true. If they screw up as bad as they did in uh, 2007 through 9, he said they should come away with the lifestyle of a Ford assembly worker. Congratulations, Warren. Thank you. He, Warren said, I'm not going to make any friends with this, and I'm sure he won't, but I, I certainly hope we get our regulators in, in Congress to start thinking differently about the effects and how those people affect the, the, uh, the citizenry of the United States. He also put out a bet that said, I will put up a million dollars to anyone who wants to match that million dollars, that no one in the next year who has a deposit in any bank in the United States will lose it, whether it's over or under $250,000. When the year is over and you have stepped up to the bet and whoever wins, uh, the $2 million will be uh, donated to the winner's charity. He, he, he said, the problem is most citizens have no understanding of our banking system or how the Federal Reserve works. Then the interview moved on to some subjects that I found extremely interesting. He made the side statement that insurance is the best business in the world. He basically, and Becky Quick said, isn't your insurance business being hurt as a result of all the natural disasters? He said, no, not really. He said, the fact is insurance is the only product that you can change the charge for it anytime you want. He said, it used to be standard that you bought an insurance policy and your insurance rates were insured, were, were guaranteed for a year. He said, then that was brought down to six months. Now we're trying down to bring it down to a month, and if we can get it down to a week that's what we'll do no insurance is the best in the best business in the world uh, I I then went to Google and said who is the largest insurance company in the S&P 500 and guess what the answer to the question was Berkshire Hathaway so there you go he then made the side comment that yesterday he got a report from one of his businesses that their revenues would be down 22%. Becky asked what that would be, and he said it's, it's in the retail segment. But she said, does that mean the profits will be down 22% as well? And he said, I'm quite sure. He then made the statement the railroad business is going to have a similar but not as severe 
cut in uh, revenues as well. And he said that's because there are a lot of boxcars that are moving down the lines not full and that the shipments are not there as they have been in the past year or the preceding quarter. So expect pro- share profits from uh, uh, manufacturers and basically any form that uses railroads to be down in the first quarter. Becky Quick then asked about the banking crisis, and he again went into a long dissertation about people don't understand that this is the banking business, and it is not the banking business that is bad. It is the bankers that are bad, that they don't make good decisions, and they need to be punished for their bad decisions. She then pursued commercial loans, and he said, of course, there are going to be commercial loans. But the banks step in and take possession of the property, and eventually, if it's a good piece of property, it will come back. Otherwise, the banks, if they're managed properly, should have the ability to to sustain those losses. He said it will be only poor banks that suffer from commercial loans. She then asked, if there would be more banks that would fail. And he said, of course, there will be because there are still many bankers who have made bad decisions and then regulators who didn't hold their feet to the fire. With that being said, Becky asked if he still owned uh, Bank of America. He said he did, and that is because of the high respect for Brian Moynihan, the CEO of Bank of America. Now, I'll show you on uh, her uh, his charts or on his holdings that uh, since the first of the year, the, his percent of own, or percent of portfolio has come down on Bank of America. But I think that has more to do with price than born uh, liquidating shares. He did not say he had liquidated any shares of Bank of America, but he did say he had liquidated shares of several other banks, and we have covered that in a prior video. At that point in the interview, they broke away for some uh, breaking news on some governmental uh, number. And when they came back, they asked, Warren, does that change anything in the scope of your investments? And he said, absolutely not. He said, we are not smart enough to use financial, short-term financial analysis to predict the future of, of stocks. So we don't bother with it. He says, in fact, today is one of the days when our staff is buying and selling. And if they're watching this interview don't change from anything that we had discussed in the future relative to that news because it really has no bearing. We only buy successful companies that have a moat built around them and that will be uh, profitable in the future, not the next six months, but in the future. She then asked him what he was buying and selling. He said, well, basically, we started the year 2023 with $1.38 trillion in cash. He said, we made these seven billion dollars worth of purchases over here in Japan, and we made four billion dollars of other stock purchases. But then we have 100 million dollars of cash coming in, our income coming in on a uh, daily workday basis. So that means our um, cash on hand has actually increased uh, from the 1.38 trillion, even though we have spent 11 uh, billion. 
that gives you some in, uh, in, insight as to what kind of a business he runs. Becky then asked him about Bitcoin, and Warren immediately went into a dissertation about the, how the human race has a, a addiction to gambling. And he said, this is just the latest uh, uh, avenue that has been presented to the public as to how they can gamble their money and risk their money with, with no intrinsic value, not a whole lot different than a a lottery ticket. And as he said, and I think back as to my childhood, and when I would get a chain letter that said, chain, write this chain letter and someone else, and then everybody will pay back to the person that got the first letter. And he, he made the statement. I looked at that and said, rather than be coming in in the middle of the chain, why don't I just start the first letter of the chain letter? And as and he said, so I don't get involved in gambling. He said, I was at the Las Vegas casino and I did make a bet on a Nebraska game at one point. And uh, the people behind me in the line were asked what their bet was, and about 10 of them said, well, just take what he's taken. And he says, as it was, I did win $500, but he said I had someone else uh, cash in the ticket. He says, I'm not a gambler. I'm an investor. I invest in companies where I know I'm going to make money. I do not gamble with my sister's money. And, they, and she said, what do you mean by that? She said, well, my sister is one of my largest uh, shareholders, and she plays close, close attention, and I don't want to have to answer to her. She then started asking him about specific stocks. And the one I was really happy to hear him address was that of Taiwan Semiconductor. I had seen it in his per portfolio back in January, and it disturbed me because I will not invest in any Chinese-related stock because of the, the China risk. And he basically said, he, with what is happening more currently, uh, he is no longer comfortable investing in a Taiwan Semiconductor, and they are liquidating it. He said, that is not to say that Taiwan Semiconductor is not one of the best companies in the world with one of the best management teams, because it is. But he said, there is no reason for me to take the risk of China on top of that company. If they were a wholly owned um, sovereign uh, stock of the United States, there is no question I'd have a major position in it. Thank you, Warren. You brought warmth to my heart. She then pursued, isn't that the same situation with Apple? He said, Apple is different because Apple is a unique franchise. Understand, 43% of Berkshire Hathaway's holdings are in Apple. He made the comment that there is no other stock in the world or product in the world that you cannot get the holders of that product to give up at any price. That's not true of a Ford or a Chevrolet. It's not even true of a Tesla. It is true. He didn't mention Tesla. I did. Um, but that is not true of Apple. And he said, as far as Apple is concerned and Tim Cook, Tim Cook is the best uh, managing executive in the, in the world today, and I have total faith. I also know, and I'm sure 
uh, Warren knows that Tim Cook is building replacement factories in um, in India and Mexico as we speak. He then asked about BYD. BYD is a Chinese uh, motor vehicle company, and he said, for the same reason, I am divesting in BYD because of their China exposure. He has been a part of that company for over 20 years. I believe at one point he owned as close to 20% of the shares of BYD. He is liquidating them. Then she brought up Paramount. I notice you are increasing your holdings in Paramount. And Warren said, let me first say streaming is a bad business. And she said, then why are you investing in um, uh, Paramount? And his comments were, you'll have to wait and see. Or no, his co- his comments were, we'll have to wait and see. To put that in, frame rate in, in reference, let me share with you a piece of information that I dug up. And let me read it here. In fourth quarter of 2021, Berkshire Hathaway bought $1 billion worth of action. Act- Activision Blizzard. Before that, they hadn't owned none. They had known, owned nothing in the gaming business. Uh, he spent $67 a share. In January 2022, Microsoft announced that they would buy Activision for $68 a share um, or $7 billion. Today, that Activision is worth $85 a share. He bought it at 67 in fourth quarter of 2022. Do I think that maybe Warren knew something that other people didn't know? Yes, I do. Who is Warren Buffett's, one of Warren Buffett's best friends? You figure it out. With all that said, I want to give you a look at Warren's portfolio in Berkshire Hathaway, and I want to compare what it looked like at January of 2023 and what it looks like at the latest available report. And what you're going to see here is that um, Apple has moved up from 38.9%, yes, 38.9% of his holdings to 43.5, almost a 5%. Uh, growth in the amount of his holdings. Bank of America has come down 2.3%. That could be partly in rel- relative to their drop in price um, as a result of the subprime crisis. Not a whole lot of difference. I've highlighted here his Activision Blizzard. Um, I've highlighted one of the six companies that he has invested in in J- Japan Itochu uh, Corporation. I highlighted Paramount so that you could see what percentage of his holdings were there. And then I highlighted Taiwan Semiconductor so you can see what his exposure was there and his commitment that he was going to be reducing that. So that was my takeaway from my three hours with Warren. Thank you so much, Warren, because I know there are people who have paid as much as $35 million to spend three-hour lunch with you. I can't imagine that they could get much more out of their lunch than what I got out of my breakfast this morning. Again, thank you very much. All right, that's Kerry Grinkmeyer, retired financial advisor, and his take, and, and the gravitational pull 
that I am feeling to move my portfolio closer to what Warren does and my interpretation. I'm a little bit more risk tolerant than I think um, Warren is, but I don't have any of my sister's money invested. (music) 